0: On today's show, we're looking back at Anthony Rizzo's 2022. We'll look at what went right, what went wrong, and will he come back to the Yankees in 2023? Who knows? Plus, Hal Steinbrenner is putting it out there that the Yankees want to win a championship. Whatever you say, Hal. All that and more is coming up on a brand new Locked on Yankees. You are locked on Yankees your daily New York Yankees podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, Yankee fans. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gossoulias. I'm a lapsed baseball writer turned podcast host, and I'd like to thank you for making Locked on Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also hit the thumbs up button to like our videos and the bell so you're notified when our videos go live. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. So we're talking about Anthony Rizzo, Yankees' first baseman. Well, in 2022, he's no longer the Yankees' first baseman. He opted out of his deal, which was two years. He had the opt-out option, obviously, and he did that. Yankees extended a qualifying offer to him yesterday. I mentioned that on the show yesterday. And I believe he has until Tuesday. I believe it's Tuesday. When's the 14th? Or maybe Monday. Monday at 5? I think that's what it was. I saw some of the Locked On hosts trying to figure this out themselves. Because for some reason, a lot of people don't understand the whole qualifying offer thing and how long everything lasts and how long the guys have to make the decision. So I I don't think he'll take the qualifying offer, even though it's more than what he's owed contract-wise. Because it was two years, 32. And the qualifying offer is above 19. I'd like a qualifying offer if anyone would like to extend it to me $19 right now would actually be great. So hey, anyone wanting to do that. So what went right for Anthony Rizzo? Well, he hit a lot of home runs. You know, he had a few timely hits. He had that three home run game. Yeah, he, uh, he made some great plays on defense. He had to cover a lot on defense at first base because some guys couldn't get it to him without bouncing it in front of him. So he had to scoop a lot. But, you know, it's nice having a guy who normally plays first base playing first base instead of having to stick someone in there that doesn't normally play first base. Because you know how the Yankees always like to turn everyone into first basemen no matter what positions they've played. They were even thinking about doing that for uh, Miguel Andujar, if I'm not mistaken. So... It's nice to have a first baseman and a lefty batting first baseman at that who hits for power. And that's what Anthony Rizzo did last year. So like we did with Judge, we are looking at Anthony Rizzo's best games by WPA. And before we do that, 75 runs batted in in 548 plate appearances, and the average Major League Baseball player with 548 plate appearances, had 60 runs batted in. He drove himself in the most 32 times with his 32 home runs. After that, he drove in Judge 13 times, DJ LeMahieu 9 times, Kyle Higashioka 5 times, and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa 5 times. He was driven in the most, obviously by himself, 32 times. Josh Donaldson drove him in 10 times. Gleyber Torres, eight times. Giancarlo Stanton, seven times. Matt Carpenter, six times. So the game in which he hit three home runs was his fourth best game by WPA. His best game by WPA was June 16th against Tampa. The Yankees won that game 2-1. And I'm trying to remember which one this was. As I said on the judge, on the judge show... There are some things I really remember and other things that kind of, you know, gloss over. Kind of like, oh, wait, what happened here? Now, as I said, it was 2-1. And he tied the game at one in the bottom of the sixth. He did that off Ryan Thompson. He hit a single that scored LeMayhew. And in the bottom of the ninth, he hit a solo shot to give the Yankees a 2-1 victory. On the fourth pitch that he saw from Sean Armstrong. And before that, Aaron Judge hit a fly ball to right field. I really don't remember that. Why don't I remember that? That's odd. June 16th. I'm trying to remember what was happening June 16th. The Yankees were still doing well on June 16th. Maybe that's why. It feels like a lot of the wins gloss together where we tend to remember the losses and the bad games in August. Now funnily enough, his second best game, according to Win Probability Added, was also a 2-1 game, but this time he only played from the eighth inning until the game finished. In the two one game, he played the entire game. In this game against the Angels on June second, Rizzo came into the game and hit a two-run single that put the Yankees up 2-1. They were down one nothing in the bottom of the eighth. It scored Andujar and Isaiah Connor falefa And then Clay Holmes came in, had a bit of a problem. <laughs> he got the first two outs right away. He walked Otani. He hit Trout and Walsh with pitches to load the bases And then got Luis Rengifo to ground out. Yeah, okay, I actually remember that. That was a sweaty one. But yeah, Rizzo came in to pinch hit for Kyle Higashioka in that game and got his second highest WPA of the season. Funny how that works. His third highest WPA game against Kansas City on July 31st, a loss by the Yankees because it was July and they were having issues playing against teams like the Royals, who were 40 and 62 at that point. That was the game when the Royals scored three runs in the top of the ninth. (laughs) See, that I remember. (laughs) It was a Sunday. I remember remember that. I remember being annoyed. And I think I was annoyed on the show that I recorded after that. Yeah, the Yankees were down 4-3 in the bottom of the seventh. Rizzo hit a three-run home run to put them up 6-4 good job by the Yankees to blow that although you know the Royals came right back in the top of the eighth got a solo home run by Hunter Dozier that pulled them within 6-5 and then Clay Holmes gave up that oh that's right that three-run home run to Salvador Perez that we all kind of saw coming because this is when he was starting to have his issues because he walked Whit Merrifield and then hit Bobby Witt with a pitch I do remember that game. So Rizzo could have been the hero of that game. And then Clay Holmes blew it. You blew it. You blew it. What movie is that from again? It's Robert De Niro. I can't remember what movie it is. But anyway, and then let's see his fourth WPA high game was that three home run game against Baltimore on April twenty sixth. The Yankees won that game 12-8. That's right. Because that was that was a crazy game. And his fifth highest game by WPA was against Tampa. It was an 8-7, 10-inning win on August 17th. All of the games in which Anthony Rizzo, you know, really contributed to the game and, you know, either really helped the Yankees win or could have helped the Yankees win had it not been for the bullpen, all happened at home. None of them were on the road. That was the one... Where Josh Donaldson hit the walk-off grand slam against Jalen Beeks in the Rays, Rizzo hit the home run to tie that game off Brooks Raley. So his final numbers for the season—he had a good season, relatively speaking. (laughs) We'll get into (laughs) what went wrong for him. I shouldn't say all of his numbers were good. Let's let's, let's—I'll backtrack. Let's backtrack because there were some issues that he had, and we'll talk about that in segment two, but he had 32 home runs. 75 runs batted in, scored 77 times, his batting average was 224. But as I said in the Judge show, Judge's 311 is more of an outlier than Rizzo's 224 because a lot of guys don't bat that high. I think you'll see people's batting averages spike a bit with the shift being... I mean, I don't think it's going to be totally eliminated, right? I think they're modifying everything. Because if they completely get rid of shifts, guys will be hitting so much more now. And his OBP was 338, slugging 480. And his OPS Plus was 131. Remember, Judges was 211. That's how much better Aaron Judge was than everyone else in the league. In a moment, we'll discuss what went wrong with Anthony Rizzo in 2022. And some of it wasn't entirely his fault. And we'll discuss that in a moment. But first, online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. I don't know... If I would bet on, you know, the Knicks to do well this year. Although if you bet on the Rangers scoring eight goals against the Red Wings, you would have done really well the other night. (laughs) So again, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, what went wrong with Anthony Rizzo in 2022? Well, his back gave him issues in 2022. His back affected him a few times, and really affected him toward the end of the season and as someone who has had back problems since they were in college anytime you hear back with any kind of athlete you get worried because that's a very big body part to have pain in no matter what part of the back it is if it's upper or lower my issues are lower back which you know It's just been like that for 25 years at this point. Um, So for Rizzo, it wasn't just his back that was giving him problems. It was the epidural that they gave him while he was injured with the back problem that started giving him headaches, which is frightening to think about. I've never had an epidural. I've had a cortisone shot and I've had a cortisone flare shoot down my leg, which was the worst pain I've ever felt in my entire life. And I'm not I'm I'm actually surprised that people in Connecticut didn't hear me screaming when it happened. But I can't imagine how bad the headache from an epidural has to be in order for the team to put you on the IL. because that's really what put him on the I.L. They were trying to do things to make it so he didn't have to go on the I.L. from the back issue, and they were just sitting him out and trying some treatments. And then the epidural headaches started. And that was a very strange time for the Yankees. That was in September. Absolute worst time for the Yankees to have an issue like this. Uh, It was September 6th when the Yankees revealed that the IL stint wasn't really because of his back. It was because of the headaches and that he was under doctor's orders to rest. But he had had issues with the back a couple of times this season. And, you know, the Yankees would have been in deep trouble if they didn't have Anthony Rizzo's 32 home runs. And, you know, he got injured. They put him on the IL Around the same time that Benintendi got that weird hamate injury, you know, from the bone that grew back in his hand because the doctor never took it out during the original surgery. I said this the other day on the show, but how does that happen? <laughs> how does that happen? And then Rizzo came back and he did some things when he came back. Um, he actually, I think, didn't he, he? He got a big hit the first game he was back, but... He just wasn't really the same. And I was terrified the whole time, you know, heading into the playoffs that something else would happen to his back. Because again, I'm a veteran of back injuries. And honestly, you hurt your back once and you're pretty much in trouble for the rest of your life. You know, there's a chance of you reaggravating it all the time. It's like once you do it, there's no going back. It's really an odd injury to have. So, for Rizzo, it was really the back injury that was bad for him. You know, yes, the 224 batting average isn't great, but the 32 home runs really helped the Yankees. And having him in the clubhouse really helped the Yankees, having his veteran presence that they always talk about, and seeing how close he was with Judge. Which kind of worries me slightly, and I mentioned this during the Judge Show that I'm afraid if Judge goes somewhere, Rizzo will be like, "Well, I'm going to go somewhere. I'm not going to stay. I'm not going to stay here if my boy Judge isn't here." Because as I told you all the other day, their smush name is Jizzo. because they have sort of a bromance going on, and lots of uh, pictures of Anthony Rizzo and Aaron Judge together in the dugout. Yeah. Now, just for Since we looked at the best games by WPA, let's look at the worst games by WPA, since we're talking about bad stuff. So let's do it. June 10th against Chicago. Uh, Oh, they won that game. That was that 13 inning crazy game. Right. Luis Severino pitched really well. And the Yankees just could not do anything against the Cubs. Was it a Friday night? I think it was a Friday night game. Yep. See, you do remember some things. It was four hours, 16 minutes. It was just, you know. And even with the extra, extra inning guy on second rule, neither the Yankees nor Cubs could get anything done until the 13th inning. I don't know why his WPA is so bad in this game. Jose Trevino is the one that walked off in that game. He hit a single in the game that was never ending. It's kind of funny. Rizzo's two worst games by WPA were wins by the Yankees. And both of them were extra inning wins at home. So they walked off. And that one against the Cubs in June. And then September 22nd against Boston, they won 5-4. And let's see. He was 0-3 with a walk. But it doesn't look like he did anything really terrible. But his WPA in that June 10th game was 0 point, sorry, negative 0.279. And on the 22nd of September, oh, and on May 4th against Toronto in a 2-1 loss, his WPA for both the games, Boston and Toronto, minus 0.224. Huh. Interesting. It's kind of funny looking at all these scores. The Yankees lost a lot of one-run games. I mean, I realized this while I was covering them this season, you know, because I constantly talk about how bad they were in August, but a lot of those games weren't blowouts. They were just games that the Yankees from May and June would have won because they would have capitalized on the other team's mistakes, but instead the other teams capitalized on the Yankees' mistakes and the Yankees couldn't do anything, and a lot of those games were very close. So yeah, it's interesting to see all the scores of the games in which Rizzo contributed either positively or negatively. So in a moment, we're gonna talk about what the future holds. Will Anthony Rizzo be a Yankee? Who knows? We don't even know if Aaron Judge is gonna be (laughs) a Yankee in the future, but we'll talk about it in a moment. But first, so as I mentioned, Rizzo opted out of the second year of his two year, $32 million deal that he signed with the Yankees prior to this season. And he's expected to reject the qualifying offer worth $19.65 million by the deadline Tuesday. It's Tuesday, not Monday. Pardon my mistake from earlier in the show. Brian Cashman said Rizzo is someone we'd like to retain. No kidding. Um, but there could be a lot of teams going after Rizzo. You know, because other than Aaron Judge, you know, Rizzo finished second on the team with home runs, OPS plus, and a slugging percentage, obviously. The slugging percentage obviously was higher with all the um, home runs and doubles that Judge hit in 2022. And his 32 home runs were a career high. He tied for a career high. I forgot to mention that earlier. I did have that note written there, and I completely just spaced over it, so I apologize. But, um, you know, the Yankees aren't the only team that can use a left-handed power hitter who plays a solid enough first base to keep putting him out there, because, as I said, You know, you sometimes see the Yankees try and put guys out there who don't play first base and try to convert them into a first baseman. Rizzo knows how to play first base. And he saved a few of the Yankees' middle infielders on some crazy plays. He did make some mistakes himself, but they weren't. Let's just say watching Anthony Rizzo play first base was better than watching the Yankees starting shortstop for most of the season. We'll talk more about that on his show. Now, funnily enough, one of the teams who's in need of a first baseman right now is Houston. That would kill me. Oh, no, don't go to Houston. That would just be really bad. (laughs) No, Anthony Rizzo, don't do it. Mm -mm. And... Brandon Belt is a free agent, and as I mentioned, the Giants are the team that everyone thinks Aaron Judge might go to because of hometown, and they might be throwing all the money at him that they can, and with Brandon Belt as a free agent, it's possible that the Giants could go after Rizzo. Gizzo could be going to the Giants, that would be something. So in the playoffs, Rizzo and Bader were the only Yankees to provide any offense, <laughs> which is true. Um, Rizzo finished with a 9.84 OPS in nine playoff games, and Bader, who had an unbelievable playoff run for the Yankees, his OPS was 12.62. Yeah. And if Rizzo can stay healthy next season, you know, if the back problems subside, or, you know, if he doesn't tweak anything bad, um, That whole banning of the shift might help him, too, along with half the league. Actually, more than half the league. According to Baseball Savant, Rizzo faced a shift 82.6% of the time that he was up to bat. And on the Yankees, only Aaron Hicks saw it more, 92.6% from the left side. Joey Gallo also saw more shifts than Rizzo and Matt Carpenter. So if the Yankees can't re-sign Rizzo, it's possible that you might see DJ LeMayhew at first, which isn't a terrible option. DJ LeMayhew can play third, he can play second, he can play first, but with his injury issues as well, I don't know if we want to risk that because, you know, at first you got to be kind of limber. You always see those plays with uh, G-Man Choi doing like splits for the Rays. Excuse me, he's now with the Pirates. They just traded him. Garrett Cole, if you heard someone celebrating yesterday, it was Garrett Cole when he found out G-Man Choi was going to Pittsburgh. So if the Yankees can't retain Rizzo, it's possible you'll see D.J. LeMahieu at first base. Again, not terrible, but he also needs to stay healthy. And that's the key for Rizzo as well. No matter where he signs, he just needs to hope that his back... Doesn't start bothering him again. But, you know, it's tough because Rizzo is on the wrong side of 30. He just turned 33 this season. So he'll be turning 34 in August of 2023. And it gets more difficult to play some of these positions as you get older. It's just the passage of time. My prediction? I don't have a prediction. I would like for Anthony Rizzo to come back. I like him for all the reasons I stated earlier. I like him for his offense, obviously, because the Yankees need all the left-handed power they can muster. I like his defense enough. He doesn't make that many mistakes. And when he does, sometimes it's not even his fault. And he plays first base well enough for the Yankees right now. And I like his presence in the dugout and the clubhouse. He's a leader on that team, along with Judge. And it would be a very big loss if the Yankees lost Rizzo or Judge or Rizzo and Judge. And let's not think about that, because let's have a good weekend, everyone. Let's not think about the Yankees losing those two guys. So what went right for Anthony Rizzo? His 32 home runs and his positive contributions to the Yankees. What went wrong? His back. And will he come back? I don't know, but I want him to. And... Hot stove season is starting soon, and clips came out from the Yankees hot stove. I guess it's going to be starting soon, like the show that they have running on Yes. And Meredith Marakovitz was interviewing Hal Steinbrenner, and he emphatically said, Our goal is always to win a championship. If your goal is to always win a championship, you need to give Aaron Judge as much money as he wants. Hal, just give it to him. Just give it to them. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Remember, you can listen to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcast. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, hit the thumbs up button, comment on YouTube, and click the bell so you know when our videos go live. I'd like to thank you once again for making Locked On Yankees your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. So enjoy your weekend, and I will talk to you you all on Monday.